Hey everybody, we have got a very exciting episode for you today on the back pew. I sit down with my good friend Sage, who is the minister at the Ukaipa Church in Ukaipa, California. And we talk about living authentically. Sage and I have a ton of history together. We, in fact, went to school and studied the Bible together. And we have a very, very good Titan of uh, friendship, as I think you will find out. So I hope that you and enjoy the episode today. And again, if you like this podcast and you have not subscribed, I encourage you to do so. Hit that plus button and let us know what you think of these episodes. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the show. All of these things were very good, right? From from a distance, right? Looking at the temple from a distance, they were doing all the correct animal sacrifices. But upon further inspection, as you got closer to it, it really wasn't bearing the fruit that God wanted or God desired. Right. right? It wasn't doing it wasn't doing what God designed it to do. So, you know, when whenever I think about authenticity, it, it's almost as if there should be a level of transparency about both the good and the bad. Right? They yeah. they were so they put forth such a a uh, such an image that they. We're trying to convince everybody, including the people who were making pilgrimages there, that they were doing the right things and that they were spiritual leaders and that they were people who were doing God's will. Well, uh, you know, like I said, it, it, it's it's something that they used as a means to keep a secret. And the secret was is that they were corrupt. <laughs> that means the mixer goes through the. Uh, yep, that's, that's rad. Cool. That's, that's dope. Yeah, it's great that it works. That's your that's your open your introduction. Yep. Deal right. Yeah, you had to catch up on all our podcasts. Because no, our, our introduction is just this right here. Yeah, this we literally just like start. You know, <laughs> yeah. We just start. Yeah, to, I've. That's you don't have to wait for the camera. Right well, I mean, yeah, it's going to record, but you know, it's already recording. You so can, is it recording here? It yeah, it's recording there too. Oh, so I got double cool. backups. Yeah. We got both going on. Yeah, I listened. I listened to y'all's first episode, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna keep this." You guys are talking about gum or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody, that sounds about right. Somebody yeah. sounds about right. That's yeah, yeah. I, well, yeah. I mean, you know, it. Some people don't mind it, and some people do, right? So, but it's inter- it's right. interesting to try and figure out, okay, what in the world is going on over there? Especially if you don't have a video camera, you don't know what they're doing. It's like, what did they? What is going on over there? Who's doing what? <laughs> right. So, I mean, I, I feel yeah. like I'm a little bit behind. So, so you were able to, to figure out who I am a little bit. Why don't, it, I think it'd be kind of cool to hear a little bit about, about your story, if you don't mind, before we jump into things, if that's cool with Nick. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a lot of time. I mean, time, I know a lot about him already. Well, that's you know, I know fair. his whole life story. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Well, Nick and I talk pretty regularly. Uh, we go back a number of years, and um, Nick and I have always kind of been able to relate to each other on some level because uh, we kind of have a similar story. We were converted about the same time in 2000, 2013, right? Yeah. Um, yep. uh, we were both baptized in 2013. We both got married roughly around the same time. 
I think uh, you got a year on me. Right around, right around the same time. Yeah, um, <laughs> a little bit, uh, a little bit different, but you're a whole lot smarter than me too. You know, <laughs> nah. no, but well, uh, Nick and I, uh, like I said, we we go back a ways, and uh, we've stayed in really good touch since school. You know, it's one of those things where I don't think. And Nick, tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that if uh, when we were in school, if you were to pick one or two or three people that you're going to stay in touch with the most, that I would have been your first choice. I don't I don't know. No, no, not uh, at all. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we, well, I mean, again, we got always connected. Were, that's well. a very interesting statement to say. <laughs> I, I don't know if I go around saying, well, I don't know if you would have actually. I mean, you know, we hung out a lot. We, we had a lot in common, well, no. you know. <laughs> Well, so. but it's, 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 it's mutual in the sense that, you know, like, like I said, Nick and I think very differently. And I think typically we tend to gravitate towards people that we are more alike because it's just makes the relationship easier, I mm -hmm. guess. Mm -hmm. But uh, Nick and I, even though we see a lot of things from different perspectives, it seems as though we, we've, you know, it's almost like now we complete each other in a way, you yeah. know, we, talk you about we me. talk about things and oh wow yeah <laughs> it's a it's a weird sort of relationship yeah, i don't know if i need to be jealous it, or it just avoid it altogether <laughs> i mean yeah he is one of i mean we how, how often do we i mean we talk like what maybe at least minimum once a week for a long time yeah, it was like that and then you say, had a third kid and then <laughs> yeah i say there's times we took talk a month more off. than others but i say on average at least once a week for a couple three hours yeah we yeah talk about life and ministry and all these kinds of things, but I, I think and what heresy. we appreciate about each other is that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we, we talk about, we talk about a lot of controversial things. And I think one thing we found in each other is that we're just both after the truth and we're both after what's going to work in ministry. And we both always circle back to our love for people. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where because we think so differently, um, we, can really help each other grow. I think in a way that, like I said, if, if we just thought the same way, then it just wouldn't be that challenging and it wouldn't be something that produces growth in both of us. So I think yeah, we've always yeah. just kind of stayed in touch in that way. Yeah. Like a thought, thought provoking, right? You can't, you can't just wander. Yeah, I'll pitch somebody stuff at who him. just agrees all the time. Right. I mean, I'll pitch stuff at him that I'll, I would never say to anybody else, you know, um, maybe to you because you're a little bit of a heretic too, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody really cares well, yeah. what you think. <laughs> well, that, that's, a, that's very true. I mean, uh, it, that's fine though. I mean, you know, I, th I think everybody has to have that ability to think on their own. And yeah. if everybody thought the same way or didn't do research on their own, they wouldn't have their own thoughts on things, right? So, well, I like to talk to people that are really open minded. And, and I feel like Sage is one of those people. He's very open-minded. He's very, you know, he, he likes to think about things. You know, we disagree on some stuff, but I mean, it's nothing, it's nuanced stuff. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, big time, like, you know, uh, was Jesus a man or was he God? You know, that's the, that's not the kind of stuff we're debating. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're, uh, combating, you know, different things that we've encountered in ministry and that kind of thing. Okay. You know? so, so can you give yeah. me a little hint yeah. of that yeah, or a little hint of that? Well, I mean, you know, just, I mean, mainly what do we talk about? Traditionalism a lot. We talk about, you know, yeah. practices well, in the church. It, it and, just goes, yeah, it goes back and forth on, you know, just in a general sense, you know, Nick tells me when I'm being a Pharisee and I tell him 
when it's time to take him outside the wall and start throwing rocks at him. You know, we, just, <laughs> uh, we go we go back and forth in that way. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of something specific over on the you know on the top, uh, just off the top of my head, but. You know, we, we really just, like I said, we, we challenge each other in a way that, like I said, neither neither one of us, when we propose something that we know that the other person may or may not disagree or probably will disagree with, we know that the, old, the other person's not going to overreact or become offended or respond in a way that's just going to cause friction. You know, if, yep. neither one of us, neither one of us, I don't, I don't feel like I could say anything to Nick that he would then take that and be insulted by it. I don't right. think there's anything Nick can really say to me, you know, that would be insulting to me. We would both just, you know, either assume the other person's joking or if it was something serious, then maybe it's just something that's, you know, seriously needs to be considered. So Nick and I have a, have a really, really fun uh, friendship. It's, it's been, it's been fun. So. Oh, great. Yep. Yeah, we do. And since he moved back from Texas, we've been able to see each other twice. <laughs> That's one, cool. about yeah. once a year. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it, even, it doesn't, right. I, mean, I found that even if somebody moves, let's say they move to Tennessee or they move to Florida, or they move to Wyoming or they move to, you name the place, Washington. Yeah. I found that even if the person is in California still, let's say like Northern California, mm-hmm. like uh, Yuba City or something like that. Yeah. I find myself in the same predicament as if they lived in another state like right. Oregon or whatever. It's so difficult to just go, I'm going to go visit that person regardless. Yeah. Cause you're still, I mean, it's still amount of time that you have to go to travel to go do that and set it up and et cetera, et cetera. Then right. it's at that point you might as well fly or whatever, yeah. depending on yeah. where it is. So, I mean, obviously sometimes money plays a huge role in that right. obviously, but yeah. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I find it I find it the same difficult level if somebody's living in, let's say, uh, you know, Yuba City, for right. example, versus uh, they live in Oregon or, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we just find ways to find ways to talk. We'll play phone tag for a couple of days, and or you know, and then finally it's like, oh, you know, he'll call me for fifteen minutes. Oh, I gotta go, <laughs> yeah. I, I gotta get out, and or he'll do the same thing, and you know. But it's been, you know, probably what so we were going through a lot of the same stuff. I mean. In ministry, uh, when yeah. when we first started out and uh, dealing with with different problems, we were both kind of green around the ears. Um, you know, both a little bit of uh, workaholics, uh, and uh, we we you know we were kind of learning ministry together. So we talked a lot. I mean, and then uh, I remember when I came to West, he he was leaving Arizona, and then when I left West, he left Texas uh, about a year after. And it seems to be that 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 was the pattern. I leave and then he takes off and then he leaves and then I take off. And it's just, but we, but we did, you know, we had a lot in common. We were, we're about the same age. I think you're what, six months younger than me or something like that. Yeah. 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 You just turned 29, didn't you? Didn't you just turn 30? You just turned 30. Right. So I'm turning 31 in December. (laughs) Right. He's like you youngins, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, but I both, I, I also, I also think, and kind of, you know, leading into what we're what we're going to talk about tonight, I both, I both feel as as though we, you know, have perpetuated this life of authenticity, and um, and something we don't we we see with rarity in religious circles. Don't you? Would you? Would you say the same? Yeah, I think just like anything else, there are groups of people who perhaps have developed this culture better than others, but authenticity is something that 
as far as a general perspective towards us, especially from the outside looking in, we're not really known as people who are authentic. I think it's something that the church struggles with uh, as far as how to deal with it, um, you know, and even knowing whether or not we're actually being authentic, you know, and what yeah. authenticity is. So we, we talk about Jesus and a lot of things that he did, but we sometimes miss the point in, uh, in trying to live out the life in a way that, you know, shows that we ha- make mistakes and shows that we are a, a work in progress, if you will. And yeah. sometimes we, you know, like I said, from the outside world, try to put on a facade that, kind of views makes them view us as disingenuous right Uh, that's that's that was that was one of those things where when i was coming up in the church it was really challenging for me to try to play a role like i just was who i was and i didn't understand where it's like you know and, and i and i saw this in people that i knew that went to the church you know they you know they were they were a completely different more relaxed um more free person when they were away from people who went to their church than they were when they were when they were inside the church they were kind of you know wound up and you know and um you know I got to dress a certain way I got to be a certain way and then as you you come along in 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 life you see certain people you know continue playing that role I just I couldn't do it <laughs> you know I couldn't I couldn't do that so I and you know to a certain extent, there's some expectations in ministry and of preaching that, you know, you have to, you know, act a certain way or be a certain way. But I think I've gotten past all that and I'm just me. And uh, Right. Right. I mean, but at the same time, you know, we kind of covered a, a, a similar topic a couple of times. But I honestly think that basically what I was looking at last week based upon the Old Testament and what like Moses is saying for like a king yeah, and like what Timothy is saying for, you know, uh, or what Paul's saying to Timothy, right? I, right? I think there is some expectations for somebody who's leading. Yeah. And I think that the pastoral role is somewhat of a leader role, right? I mean, you're that, that's basically what you're the face of the church at that point, uh, you know, for somebody who's coming in new. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I do think there's there's some of that, uh, but but yeah, to your point, yeah, you, you can't be disingenuous, and I think that goes along the lines of you know, hey, are you being the same person in the world or not in the world, but outside of church, are you being the same person as you are inside the church, right. or are you doing the same sort of things that you would if you were in you know with your friends from church, with your friends who aren't from church? Or maybe you maybe you don't have tr- friends that are you yeah. know outside of that. So it kind of it it's almost like a two faced kind of a thing when you get down to it. If if you're being one way and then trying to be another, but then you're not really trying, mm. right? So it's it goes to somebody's heart. Are they actually trying or not? And I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I can't judge that. I can't look at a person's heart. Right. But I think the reality of it is it's it's obvious if you're if you're interested in trying or not. Are you are you going to read the book or not and yeah. try to do what it says or not? Right. I mean, it's kind of black and white. Yeah. So one of the things that I try to do when I'm getting to the core or the bottom of what what it is that we're looking at, which is authenticity at this point, is to look at the opposite and kind of work my way back. So yep. one of the one of the words that stands out to me or that first comes to my mind when I think of authenticity as far as the antithesis of it is the word hypocrite, right? Jesus mm-hmm. uses that word a lot in the Gospels and 
primarily he's referring to his own people, right? The Jewish yeah. uh, leadership at that, at that time. And that word literally refers to a, an actor of sorts, right? Mm -hmm. It's actually a word that didn't have negative connotations in its everyday use. It's something that over time or in certain contexts would have those negative connotations, but it, it basically mm -hmm. meant somebody who was pretending, right? Yeah, um, right. I mean, you know, it goes an actor, back to the, act like the Colosseum, right, where they would use they would use masks over their face, and that was that was mm -hmm. that what that basically mm -hmm. meant was you were being you were putting on a mask and yeah. being something different. Yeah, well, and and really, if we boil that down to its you know simplest elements, it's having something going on on the outside that's not what's going on on the inside mm -hmm. because an actor when they appear to be distraught or they appear to be happy or they appear to be one way or the other that's not really what's going on on the inside right. so you're you're pretending you're playing a role you're right. you're doing something that is not um, it, it's it's intended to convince other people of something that, you are that who, is what's something you're not yeah yeah something that you're not and like I said, a, an actor is doing that very intentionally, but we can be guilty of doing that, you know, maybe even perhaps uh, in ways when we don't know it or, you know, it's, it's something that uh, it's something that we need to really need to be mindful of because it does affect the people that we have influence over. Right. And, and absolutely it does because people see right through it. I mean, they, you know, mm -hmm. anybody you're, you know, you're encountering, you know, you're talking to, you're discussing with who's not a believer. I mean, yeah, that does play a significant role in, in the influence that you have. And maybe even over their, over their decision to become a Christian, because if there's somebody who's like, well, I, I, I want to do this, but I know I'm not going to be perfect. I want to do this, but I know that I'm, I'm not at, at first, I'm not going to be you know, successful at it. And then you have this expectation that boils up. And so th this is what I, this is what I boil it down to that, that certain expectations create inauthentic behavior, right? Certain mm -hmm. expectations, right? So like when you come into the church, there's this expectation of, you know, you, you are this way, you act this way, you say these things, you, you, you do these, these types of things, but you're not accustomed to that as somebody who has lived outside. It's hard to adapt yourself to that. And then, there are, you know, um, and maybe you experience this too, but when I, when I came to the church, there were things that I bit down full on. I mean, you know, customs, traditions, ideas that I just clamped my teeth onto and there was nothing that was going to remove that thought or that tradition from my brain. And I fought over people. I fought people over it. Right. Even though I didn't know if I really believed it, I thought I needed to say it because that's what the rest of the church believed. Mm -hmm. Yep. We, we in the church, a lot of times have difficulty when it comes to understanding exactly the way that people on the outside perceive us. Mm -hmm. And when, when we face certain pressures and it, it kind of controls our actions in a way, or we make actions based on what the, what other people think of us, it can put us in a position where, we're, like I said, we're, we're not trying to communicate the truth about ourselves. We're not trying to communicate, um, you know, uh, you know, get across in a way that, like I said, is just truthful, right? So right. We, um, we put up these walls, we put up these barriers, and perhaps even, like I said, with a little bit of deception, uh, lead people to believe something that's just not true about ourselves, about what we believe in, and all those things, right? 
Right. And I liked your, I liked your point on hypocrisy because I think that was something that I, that I had forgotten over a period of time that, you know, it's, it's this idea of a pretender, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I like, and like I said, I always had trouble doing that, like pretending, you know, something, I am a terrible actor. Um, and you know, this, uh, I'll say what I, you know, and I have this, uh, well, I, I this problem, a, like, uh, a lot foot, of people it, are right. Like foot and mouth syndrome. You yeah. got that. Yeah. I got yeah. that problem. I think everybody, um, everybody has, I a think that's bit of a that, male right? genetic problem, right? Yeah. You know, typically for males. Foot well, I mean, and mouth syndrome. It, and then whenever you, whenever you're out in the world, it's obvious. Right. Right. And that's, that's kind of the point is like, you can't be one thing and do another cause you'll just instantly put your foot in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and, and that's where people start to see through, through that facade that, that fade. Um, so, so let me ask, let me ask this question because I think it's, um, I, I think it applies to this. Um, and it, it's a point that, uh, that I often think about when, you know, I'm, I'm watching behaviors or I'm looking inward. Um, I have to ask myself if I'm doing something, who am I trying to please? Right. Like, who are you trying to please? Are you trying to please somebody's appeal to somebody's eyesight, appeal to somebody's mindset? Or are you trying to please God? Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the, one of the stories that always comes to my mind or, or parables really that uh, always comes to my mind when we talk about authenticity, it's the parable of the fig tree, right? Uh, and just follow me for a second. You know, mm. when, when Jesus walked into the city for the first time or rode into the city during the triumphal entry, he was welcomed and then he stayed there for a little bit. And actually the gospel of Mark is really brief, but it talks about him looking around and then leaving. And then, you know, he went back to Bethany and he was coming back over the hill. And I, I've never been there myself, but I've heard people describe it that when you're walking over the hill from Bethany, it's, the temple and the city of God, that's the backdrop, right? Mm -hmm. So as they're coming up over the hill, you'd essentially be able to see the entire city. Well, Jesus takes the opportune moment there uh, when he sees this fig tree that's in leaf. And he says, basically look at this fig tree. And it says that he saw it from a distance, right? And he looked at the fig tree and it says that he was basically going closer to see if it had fruit, right? Well, right. On the outside or from a distance, if you will, it looked like it was, you know, basically something that was going to bear fruit, right? And he got closer and closer, and upon further inspection, uh, he learned that that's not the case, right? Well, what, what was he trying to teach us about the people of God and the temple? Well, on the outside, they looked like they were doing the right things. They wore all the right clothes. The temple was beautiful. All of these things were very good, right? From from a distance, right? Looking at the temple from a distance, they were doing all of the correct animal sacrifices. But upon further inspection, as you got closer to it, it really wasn't bearing the fruit that God wanted or God desired. Right? right? It wasn't doing it wasn't doing what God designed it to do. So, you know, when whenever I think about authenticity, it, it's almost as if there should be a level of transparency about both the good and the bad, right? They, yeah. they were so, they put forth such a, a, uh, such an image that they were trying to convince everybody, including the people who were making pilgrimages there, that they were doing the right things and mm. that they were spiritual leaders and that they were people who were doing God's will. Well, uh, you know, like I said, it, it, it's, it's something that they, 
used as a means to keep a secret. And the secret was, is that they were corrupt, right? That mm -hmm. there was a lot of corruption going on behind sure. the scenes. And, you know, like I said the, the authenticity, the, the, uh, the, the genuineness just wasn't there. And Jesus is pointing this out to them and he's saying, you're, you look like you're bearing fruit, but you're really not right. You're, yeah. you're actually not doing what God designed you to do. So, you know, as far as us as spiritual people in the church, we've got to, we've got to really take a look at ourselves and say, okay, you know, am I, am I actually, like you said, trying to be pleasing to God and that God knows both the good and the bad. He knows that, uh, that I do things sometimes that I shouldn't. He knows that I do good things. I do righteous things. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, like I said, just like any spiritual person, I'm trying to do more and more righteous things and I'm trying to live my life in a way that's in accordance with his will. But, but I, I believe that even it, it kind of even starts with a little bit of transparency. You know, what, at what point did the Pharisees admit to being wrong? At what point did they admit mm -hmm. that they, or doing things that they shouldn't have been doing. And had they had they admitted that, had they been transparent, hey, we've gone off into some things that we really shouldn't have been involved with, you know, Jesus would have taken that and ran with it. But that's not what happened. Yeah, no, exactly. And uh, when you're saying that, I uh, I thought of a, of a story, you know, um, my parents uh, obviously didn't, they didn't go to church. They weren't involved in church. They were people that, you know, they... Uh, got away from mom and dad and they did what they wanted to do. Um, but prior to that, my, my mom's dad was a pretty hardcore Catholic. In fact, he wanted to go uh, be a Catholic priest. And so he went through a year of seminary before he quit and joined the Navy. Um, but one of the things that he did when he, when he ended up in South Lake Tahoe as the sheriff for about 25 years, um, he was going to church there uh, at a Catholic church. And he said there was a, you know, he would see people that he knew because it was a small community, people that he knew, you know, get up and sing in the choir and participate in the Catholic worship or whatever, whatever they did. I don't know what they do, but um, then they would see that same person, you know, out cheating with their wife, at the casino or, you know, getting plastered drunk and doing stupid things or getting arrested or, and he said, my, my grandpa would say after, you know, several times of seeing that because he saw it so much, it just drew him away. It drew him from him away from church. He never went. He, he, never, he stopped going after that. You know, my mom or my grandma would say, well, oh, it's because they stopped doing the service in Latin. But I really think that, you know, he's like, I just couldn't stand the hypocrites because I couldn't look at the people, you know, pretending to be these righteous people dressed in their suits and ties, acting like this righteous person, and then going out and doing the complete opposite of what, of what they saw. And that was one of those stories I heard early on when I was, when I was coming into the Christian faith, um, that really made me think to myself, you know, if I'm going to do this, I've got to do this. I've got to do this m me. You know, I can't do this somebody else's way. I can't be what somebody wants me to be. I have to be who I am. And if I'm not who I am, then, then what's the point? You know, what's the point of, you know, cause I'm not faking it to God. Like you said, you know, God sees the good, the bad. We're not, we're not, we can't fake it. We can't sit there and, and lie to God and say, you know, I'm this, I'm this good person. So it's almost a, um, it, it's almost kind of a ridiculous thing to think, you know, you could, you could trick. God into thinking that you're, you know, cause you can't, that you're this, that you're this good, righteous person, you know? And I think a lot of people, young people need to hear when, they, when they think about it, it's like, don't pretend to be something you're not because 
inevitably it will draw you away from your faith, you know, and seeing that will draw you away from your faith. So, you know, oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I, I kind of want to go back a little bit if you don't mind. No, that's fine. So yeah, I was just I'm, looking, I was looking at the verse, right? Uh, or the section of verses, because it's, it's the story's kind of echoed in a couple of different locations, but the one I wanted to just kind of, just in Mark, right? It's Mark 11, 12 to 25, basically. But I'm, I'm just yep. going to get to like the crux of it that I wanted to just touch on a little bit. Because uh, I kind of, I don't know, I'm going to take it a little bit differently. So here's what I think. But let's read it first, right? And the next day they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. So it's not the season for figs, and he's upset there's no fruit. Then Jesus says to the tree, may no one eat from you again. And his disciples heard him say it, right? And then he goes to Jerusalem, and he starts driving them out, who's buying and selling, right? So so what I, what my thought is, not saying that your thought's wrong. Don't take me the wrong way. Okay? <laughs> no, you're all right. Um, yeah. But what, I'm, what I see from this is this. He's, he's expecting something from the fig tree. He knows it's a fig tree. He knows it's not the season, but he's asking something from it. And the tree's not giving it to them, giving it to him, right? And so I think sometimes in our life, Jesus is asking something from us. And instead of being like the fig tree and not producing what's being asked. So when you're being confronted by somebody, maybe somebody's saying, hey, are you a Christian? I don't, I, I see something different in you. And you choose not to say something, you're being like the fig tree. You're not producing that fruit that Jesus is looking for. Mm. That, that's kind of how I looked at that. I know that's not the same, well, but I also I also think that kind of ties to what we're kind of talking about. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's easy to just kind of, well, you know, I, I don't really want to get into that conversation, right? Because uh, maybe it's uncomfortable to say something. Well, I, I do believe he's emphasizing the temple there because later on, in, like I said, not just in Mark chapter 11, but chapter 12 and chapter 13, he's going to give more and more lessons on, you know, like I said, he, he's, really, he's really trying to teach them about the Jewish leadership. And he's telling the Jewish leadership that, God is going to, like I said, in chapter 12, he's going to give the parable of the vine growers. He's going to say that I'm basically, I'm going to take the vineyard uh, from, from you all and I'm going to give it to somebody else. Right. And you know, it's, he's talking about basically the way that the Jewish leadership, Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So I I think, I, I mean, I, I don't, no, if I understood you correctly, but I think we're seeing something similar. Yeah, that sounded the same to me. What he's <laughs> It's okay. Yeah, I say <laughs> it's just uh, you know, a different you know, way of saying it, I guess. Right? Yeah. But yeah, so he's he's coming upon the temple and he's looking at them and he's he's basically like yeah, of course he he's asking something from them in the sense that he expects that you know, people who are doing things involved with the temple to bear fruit, right? Mm-hmm. That God designed the temple to bear fruit in a certain way and he uh, is they're supposed to be uh, the household of prayer. They're supposed to be those who are leading people down a spiritual path. Mm. But that wasn't it at all. They actually made it about money. They made it about themselves. It, right. it wasn't about sacrifice at all. So they weren't, even though on the surface it looked like they were bearing the fruit that God intended for them to bear, they, they weren't doing that. They weren't, um, they basically they were pretending to be someone that they weren't. They were right. being hypocritical about it right yeah um and i even i even had uh, a conversation about that this afternoon when i was uh i was at lunch today with a coworker, and we we were talking i don't 
we were just talking about like uh, false teachers, basically. And we were, we were, I was like, who's that guy that, that has the airplane? And he got upset. He got caught with oh, the airplane. Oh, Kenneth Copeland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw and that. We just having a talk. <laughs> we were just kind of briefly talking about that. And I was like, yeah, I know. He was just, he's clearly in it for money. Yeah. And it's just amazing to me that most people can see that he's clearly in it for money. Right. But yet there's still people who are following him and giving him money, obviously, or he wouldn't have an airplane. You know what I mean? Right. So, so yeah, I mean, there's, well, there's some of that that's just like, what, what are you doing? Why would you... Why are you doing that? And it's it's clear that it's a self interest. It's a self it's a self uh, self motivator, kind of like we were talking oh, about yeah. in, in Exodus, right? Yeah, it's money. Yeah. He's clearly yeah. in it for money. Well, I right? mean, think about the, Think about this from a from a you know another side of it. I've been uh, watching a lot of videos on you know the history of uh, Joseph Smith and Mormonism and its foundation, right? And when you go back to where he was prior to his prior to his start, he was in a very heavy religious environment. He was a treasure hunter. Him and his dad were treasure hunters, and they would treasure hunt by looking into a hat with a seer stone in it, and and then take these people on these big journeys. The guy was a masterful storyteller. I mean, you know, when you when you think about it. I mean, to deceive that many people, he had to have been a genius. I mean, he had to have been somebody who was just masterfully, had this masterful ability at manipulating multiple people. Now, whether or not, you know, whether or not he was genuine, I have no idea. Well, I mean, I almost think that, that some people that have a lie that they've started have to believe it themselves as well, right? Mm -hmm. Or else you can't get other people yeah. to believe it with you. So it's right. almost like... Uh, I don't know if you ever met people who just lie all the time, right? Yep. Oh yeah, no, I've got, I've got that car. It does this and that. And you're yep. like, oh, okay, I've never seen that before. Right. But they've, they say it so many times that all of a sudden it's a truth. They for start them. to believe it. Yeah. Right. To them, it's yeah. a truth. So I could see, I could see how something like that could, if somebody's really good at it and do it all the time, right. that they would end up believing their own lie. Right. But then you look at the domino effect of, of what he started, right? Then you have changes and you have splits and you have different doctrines and you have people who've taken, take over after him and change the shift, you know, but, but keep the same story and you go, okay, like what, how could you, how could you deny, how could you look at this and go, uh, you know, and, and think for a moment that, based on the history of that individual that anything he said was true, right? Like how could you look at that? You know, if he was a known habitual liar, sure. right? Why would you then believe his truth story for religion? You know, and you could, you could transfer that into a lot of, you know, you could, you could, you could transfer that into a lot of other arenas. Yeah. You know, you could sit there and look at your own thoughts. Well, it's like, okay, I've told myself that this, you know, that this passage means this so many times that when somebody has a different view or a different, you know, look at it and they say, well, that's not really what that's talking about. Then you start to argue with them. Well, you know, and then this, and then, you know, and then there's this big debacle. Well, there's there's debate, healthy, right? there's healthy debate, but there's, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. But there, there's also, you know, you can, you can deceive yourself really easily. Sure. You know, sure, sure. But anything from you, Sage? Are you writing yeah, a sermon because well, you're a workaholic? No, I'm just well, kidding. Well, I think right. I think I kind of interrupted his thought too. <laughs> yeah. He was in the middle of a thought, and I stopped him. I'm sorry. You were you were going to no, say something a little bit earlier on. No, I I was uh, I was just focusing on um, the the fig tree there, but you know, 
when there's another word that I believe I said can is kind of a synonym to what we're talking about here as far as authenticity is the, the word sincere. It's it's a word that Paul uses in Second mm-hmm. Corinthians chapter three uh, and verse seventeen, where he says, "For we are." not like many peddling the word of God, but is from sincerity. But as from God, we speak in Christ in the sight of God, you know, and that, uh, that sincerity uh, really is emphasizing when Paul uses this word, the the purity of motive, Mm -hmm. right? It's talking about making your motives transparent. So we were Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, what it is that we want from somebody and, and, you know, uh, really in a lot of contexts, Christianity is accused of, just being after money and just being after basically the things of the world, glory, fame, all those things, right? There are a lot of people in yeah, Christianity that are accused of that. But we are transparent from that perspective in that we are doing everything that we can to make our motives clear. And right. one of the things that I think we've done poorly in the church is at times emphasizing that as much as the message itself, because Paul later on in chapter four is going to say, I believe, therefore I spoke, you know, he's, he's trying to emphasize his internal conviction and his motives. It's not, it's not as though Paul's trying to control them or is trying to domineer over them. He's just trying to communicate a message to them that will be genuinely good for them. It's actually what's best for them. So it's something that, you know, like I said, I I think if, if we are, looking at ourselves and we're looking at what we're doing and what, what it is that we're after. We're trying to also then discover, okay, am I making it very transparent what my motives are to the people that I'm trying to have influence over? And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, if I looked at that closely enough, maybe I'd, I'd, maybe I'd change some things. Maybe it's just as simple as building a stronger relationship or it's something as simple as, um, you know, using a different tone of voice and no, not being condescending. You know, there's a lot of different things that apply to this, but it's, it's whatever it is, it's going to convince other people that we actually just want what's best for them. We're not trying to control them. We're not trying to even make ourselves feel better as people who are more righteous uh, than, than other people. You know, we're not trying to accomplish that. We're trying to actually do something what's good for them, you know, uh, right. And that hopefully brings forth authenticity. Right. And, and, and they have to know too, that God is for them, right? Like, they're, they're like, like God feels the same. Like if you're, if you're in line with the Lord, I mean, yeah, you know, you can, you know, misrepresent some things sometimes, but there's always a clear intention that you're, you're trying to help them, you know, make better decisions in life. And, that, you know, I, I like what uh, Andy Stanley says. He says, you know, following Jesus makes your life better and makes you better at life. Right. And there might, there, mm-hmm. there's some truth to that, you know, in the sense that when, when I start framing my life through the lens of Jesus, then my actions become different. Right. And it's not because, well, I'm trying to please somebody, but I'm trying to do something through the lens, you know, through, through the filter of God, right? Well, you know, should I, you know, go out and, you know, have 20 beers with my buddy? Well, probably not a good idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, probably not a, uh, probably not something, you you know, if you really think down the line of consequences, nah, you know, probably good. I mean, take, take another, you know, you could, there are multiple examples and I just used a poster child, but, um, you know, there are multiple examples where you could say that it was like, okay, well, you know, as where I would get angry at somebody for, you know, making that criticism. Now I'm going to, you know, practice this idea. I was like, well, you know, what, what does that, what does that really matter? 
you know, and, and if I turn my anger towards that, does that push that person away? Does it draw them closer? Do my actions reflect with my Lord? Cause I don't think Jesus was playing a role and I don't think Jesus right. was a fake person. I don't think Jesus was just trying to appease people. In fact, he did the opposite. And uh, like Matthew 15 is a great example of that. Matthew 12 is a great example of that. Chapter 23 is a great example of that. So, uh, so like I, I I look at like Matthew six for for myself right? right so I know if you look at it he's he's going over the Lord's prayer right he's talking about fasting and then he goes into laying up treasures in heaven right uh, Matthew six nineteen right don't lay up uh, lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth a moth and rust uh, rust destroy and where right. thieves break in and steal but lay up treasures in heaven right and then twenty two the eye is the lamp of the body so if your eyes are healthy the whole body and will be uh, full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you, uh, if the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness, right? And then I'm going to skip down a little bit further, right? If you guys want to read it, you can. But uh, because the Gentiles seek after all these things, right? All What do I eat? What do I drink? What do I wear? Right, they seek after all those things, and for your heavenly fathers know what you need before need, you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Right, so I think it's it goes back to hey, am I am I seeking God first, or am I just looking out for my own self interest? Right. right, and I think right. that goes back to some how somebody's portraying themselves. Are they portraying themselves, or are they actually seeking God? Get it, Sage? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it talking you know, about that's, that's the major question that I think that even when people are considering Christianity, they're trying to first look at the people and say, okay, is what they are claiming to believe, do they actually believe in what they claim to believe? You know, or are they actually actively seeking God or are they, do they have some sort of ulterior motive that, um, like I said, is, is more self-centered or more after, you know, uh, popularity or whatever it is that, you know, that uh, a lot of even preachers or people in ministry are accused of, of going after. But, you know, when, when people look at that and they, they question, okay, you know, are, are, are the Christians that I come in contact with authentic? Do they actually believe it? Because yeah. I, I think that that's probably one of the first steps that people go towards when they're considering it for themselves. Cause of course, if, if, the people who are investing their lives in it and are proclaiming the message don't actually believe it. And they're not actively pursuing, like you said, the, the kingdom of God first, and they're still putting their, their faith in material things. And they're still uh, treating, you know, worldly things the same way that the world does and going about everything the same way that the world does. And that doesn't come across as, you know, I actually believe the message and, and what, you know, what it is that I'm trying to get others to believe in. And mm-hmm. uh, right. I think that, like I said, people, people looking at us are going to, or that's probably going to be the first thing that they look at before they even consider the gospel message a lot of times. For sure. For oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe that's a good segue into the, into the kind of this, this idea is what, <laughs> what role does authenticity of a Christian play in the influence of evangelism? And I know we've kind of been covering that, but maybe that's a good, maybe that's a good way to cover that idea. Well, that I mean, yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I, don't, I think if you're not if you're not genuine about it, it's it. I think to others, it's pretty obvious, right? Right. Because it's not like you were saying earlier. It's it, it's 
you people have the issue of putting your foot in your mouth, right? Yep. So even if you did, let's say, uh, catch somebody and you, he, you convince him to go to church with you and he goes to church with you and then he goes, uh, he sees you out on the street. Are you doing the same thing you were when you mm-hmm. were convincing him to go to church or are you yeah. just playing a game? Yeah. Right? Because you, you're wanting to look a certain way for certain people. Right. Right. And you're not, you're not seeking first, mm-hmm. but, but that that's just, uh, kind of falling back on what I said earlier, but I mean, yeah, I think, I think anybody who's doing that, it's just, is you're basically becoming a false teacher at that point. Right. Right. Does, do your, does your, do your beliefs match your actions? Do your, um, does your, does your life line up with, with the message that you're preaching? Um, I think is a big one and we can't fall victim to, you know, um, this idea of buying into a certain set of expectations that don't even really line up with the scriptures to begin with. Um, you know, uh, and Sage and I have uh, talked about a few of these uh, issues too, where, you know, there are these poster children of sin, right? What are the poster children, Sage? <laughs> uh, drinking, smoking, cussing. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. and, and, and that's what everybody goes to, you know, um, well, like, you know, how do I know somebody's really an authentic Christian? Well, you know, uh, okay, if they stub their toe, you know, um, if they have a beer, mm, uh, if they, you know, uh, smoke a cigarette, ooh, uh, but like, really, does that define somebody's authenticity as a Christian? Well, I really think we've brought this level of criticism and scrutiny upon ourselves that really we just can't live up to. We're not supposed to be able to live up to it, right? Right. Well, but the thing is, is that we also, we also, the way that we, the way that we bring the message to the world and tell other people about it. And of course, as we build relationships, hoping to share those things, we portray that, you know, basically, um, that we are then above, above actually being criticized or actually doing something wrong. So if someone looks at me and they actually see that I'm still dealing with something as a Christian, that I'm working through something and perhaps there's an area where I need growth. Uh, I can't reveal that to them. Mm. And, and it's almost as if, cause like I said, it's, those things are going to make themselves known anyway. Usually, you know, as, as we spend time with people, but yeah. I'm portraying to them, like I don't have any of those things. So it's like, we bring this level of, uh, of you know, like I said, if, if people, because he, here's the reality, people are going to see me sin out in the world, uh, you know, like I said, not, hopefully not regularly, hopefully I'm working on it, but I don't think it's as much as far as how, you know, portraying authenticity, you know, whether or not I sin, because I still do sin, that's the reality, and all Christians sin, but yeah. what do I do when I'm wrong? Do I admit to being wrong? You know, if I if I went out um, and I went out and had a good time with my friends, and I succumbed to the temptation of of getting drunk, and that that person that I was with knew that I'm a Christian, and they say to me, you know, like what, you know, you got really drunk last night. What, you know, you're a Christian. Do you do you think that's right? Do you think that's okay? And I say, you know, I can get defensive and basically, you know, kind of try to push it off or shove it down or tell say, oh, don't, don't tell anybody or don't say anything to anybody and come at it from that way. Or I can say, you know what? I really messed up. I, I did something wrong last night. I, I shouldn't have done that. 
right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm and just say I'm a I'm a Christian and struggling just like everybody else. But I, I think more often than not, like I said, just in I'm and I'm generalizing huge, you know, in a big way here. But just more often than not, we more we we more focus on concealing our sin rather than actually you know, maybe even being transparent about it to the degree of where it's like a teaching moment or like it's a moment to reveal authenticity. Right. Uh, because I, I actually, one time I asked a class, I said, you know, what, what makes an authentic person? And I might have even used a couple other words, like a sincere person or something like that. And, you know, they, they listed off all these good qualities, right? They said, uh, you know, they're honest, uh, they're kind, they're, you know, they seek peace, all these, you know, all these good qualities. Well, and I, what I asked them was, is, you know, well, can an authentic person get angry? And they look kind of looked at me funny, like, well, no, you know, like, or, you know, that, that was their tendency to say no, or their, um, mm. natural, their natural response, I guess, because when you, when you think about someone who's authentic, you know, that's, that's a positive thing. You're, you're someone who's always kind, someone who's always this, someone who's always that. Well, an authentic person can be someone who struggles with anger, who struggles with debauchery, who struggles with all of these things, right? But what makes them authentic is what they do when they make those mistakes. Yeah. Are they focusing on just trying to conceal them and basically portray themselves as someone who doesn't struggle with those things? Or are they going to portray that they are actually trying to work through those to better themselves? And right. Sometimes it's the response. It's the response. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the response exactly. Right, and and because that's, if I if I'm someone who's disingenuous, then I'm going to like I said, I'm I'm not trying to portray the truth about myself that I actually struggle with sin. I'm trying to put forth this image that, like I said, I can't live up to, and really nobody can live up to. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. And and the response is the response is the key there, because, you know, uh, you know, and I think you covered it all, but. You know, at the same time, you go, okay, well, if I make some, you know, well, and here's the point I've made before, and I'll make it again, where the stigmatisms do also fall within the expectations of people in the church upon people in the church. You you get what I'm saying there? So, like, Mm -hmm. there's a certain uh, status quo that an individual is expected to keep, whatever that is, you know, we'll list them all. Mm -hmm. But if that person fails at not keeping that status quo and they don't get caught, then, uh, then there's this, there's this innate, uh, ability to go, well, yeah, I don't struggle with anything, but the moment that they do get caught, it's, it's, you failed. You need to go forward and repent, right? The expectation of the church comes along the science. Well, well, we, we, we assume you didn't repent for what you did. So we want to make you (laughs) repent for what you did. Right. Like, like, like it's this idea that we're not allowed to fail in public. Right. We're only allowed to fail in private. Right. And because of the expectations that surround the church, you know, you, you, somebody who's authentic is like, I, I, you know, we talked about our relationship at at the beginning, but I love our relationship because I'll, I'll tell you things. I, you know, I, I, some things, things I fail with that I can't even tell my wife, you know, that I that, you know, things I fail at that, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell an elder because I'm afraid of the repercussions. But I also have learned in that, that there, when I do express those things, you get confessions from people that you normally would get confessions from. So at the same time, the authenticity of going, yeah, I failed at this makes somebody go, yeah, I failed at that too. 
And it creates this, this area where it's like, okay, now we're allowed to fail together. Now we're allowed, now we're allowed to go, yes, I've made mistakes. Yes, I'm not perfect. Yes, let's create this environment of confession where it goes, you know, you know uh, and if confession and accountability. You know, yeah. I'm allowed to make these kinds of mistakes, but I know that when I do make these mistakes, I have the people there to build me back up. Yeah, I mean, we're supposed to have that, right? I mean, yeah. that's the whole, that kind of goes back to what we were talking, we talked about in a couple episodes ago about, uh, you know, how we feel about small groups versus like the the, the corporate mm. size church or whatever. And I think, I think it goes, you know, if you look at, uh, you guys are kind of touching on this a lot, which is James 5, right? Mm. Uh, 15, right? Anyways, it gets into, you know, 15 and 16, right? Therefore, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. Uh, the prayer of the righteous person is great power as it is working, right? Elijah was a yeah. man with nature like ours, and he prayed and he stopped, uh, stopped at rain. Yeah. Right. So I think, I think it's important to be able to confess to one another what's going on, but it might not be in a corporate setting. It might be in a setting like what you're just saying, like you calling Sage. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. you're both technically like brothers in Christ. Right? right. So yeah, I mean, it might not be that I confess my sin to the elder. I don't yeah. think that's necessary, but I might, maybe I'm sitting back and we're having a cup of coffee and I'm like, Hey, uh, I did this the other day, man. I really feel bad about doing it. I don't think I should be doing that. I mean, have you had that problem before? And you're like, yeah, but this is what I did to fix that. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, great. I mean, that's the whole point right. of when we have struggles that we can we can share the answers of what you ended up doing so that somebody else doesn't fall in the same hole in the ground, right? right? And so I think as the church, we we get we get to the point where we're not sharing the fact that I already got out of that hole that yeah. you fell in and I'm not going to help you out. Right. Because yeah. I don't know that you fell in because we're not, we're too busy, not uh, putting in a facade that we're, right. we're trying to be perfect when we're, we're supposed to be not perfect. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's uh, one of the struggles of even non-believers coming in. They, it's just unauthentic because you're putting on a facade of saying, I, I'm basically trying to say I'm perfect when you're not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that that happens at the church we go to, but I'm just saying that it's clear that that there's a lot of those the, a lot of those issues that go on. But the reality yeah. of it is, when you have a smaller group, it's easier to have those conversations. Right. Yeah. No, it, it absolutely is, and that's what we were talking about with the with small groups. Is like you really get to know people. You really get to uh, get past the small talk of corporate worship. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with corporate worship, but you know how I feel about this age that you really get to know people in the trenches, right? You really get to know people when you're sitting next to them and you, and you're able and, and your focus is, is how can I build this person up? Um, I need to be in a place, you know, where I have this, uh, where I have this opportunity to remind people that we're not perfect, that we do struggle, that we are trying to get somewhere, but that the purpose of this is to get there. You know, the purpose of us doing something like a small group and, and, you know, intermingling and putting the emphasis, you know, not so much on Bible study, but, uh, but an emphasis of fellowship, I think, I think, uh, binds us, you know, uh, even more where we can go. All right, look, um, I'm not afraid to tell you where I've been or what I've done. I'm not afraid to tell you 
what what's going on in my life. I'm not afraid to tell you. And and like I said, you know, uh, Sage and I have that relationship, and I'm, and you know, you have that you have that relationship with Matt too in in school, where you were able to just tell him things because you knew he wasn't gonna slash you over the head for mistakes you made and things you did wrong. And you know, I I I, I and this is where it changed for me when I looked at uh, the verse in in James five fifteen and sixteen. You know, I, I had been doing this traditional thing where I'd offer, you know, you offer the invitation right here, believe, repent, confess. You know, if you need to get baptized, get baptized. If you need to come forward and confess sin, come forward and confess sin. But I changed that because what I wanted, what I wanted the outcome to be was not for somebody to come and sit on the front pew, but for somebody to find that person that they were able to confess their shortcomings with and and be able to tell them Hey, look, I made this mistake. I need help. I made this. I have this issue. I want, I want to fix it, but I can't do it by myself because we, that was an area in the church that we didn't have. The expectation was in, in, especially in older times was, you know, well, if you sinned and you knew you sinned, nobody had to call you out on it. You just went forward and repented when the preacher offered the I mean, it's kind of like know? a Catholic uh, at that point, at, at that point, right? You're coming forward and you're, as a Catholic, you're going and you're saying your Hail Marys or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a Catholic, but I know that's, that's what takes place, right? Yeah. I, I've, I've sinned. I need to go on Friday or Thursday and I go and I tell the priest and I'm good to go. Right. Right. And, I don't think I don't think that's that's the right way about it. I think it's more of a hey, you need to be having conversations and life lessons learned. Right. Hey guys, I made a mistake. Don't make the same mistake I did. Let me help you out if you're making that mistake, yeah. right? Because I yeah. figured out a way out. Yeah. Of that. You know, and, and to kind of summarize all these things that we're talking about, as far as how is it how it affects other people, is that when people are not going to view us as authentic if they think we have something to hide, right? Yeah. Either about exactly. ourselves. Or about our our religious beliefs, our you know, like I said, our devotion to Christ. Um, if if they see people who are transparent enough, like I said, we don't have to. I don't think we need to air our dirty laundry everywhere. That's not yeah. the point. But just how how we, you know, like I said, we're not trying to hide our mistakes. We're trying to learn from them. They genuinely see that in us as a person. I'm I'm not trying to hide anything about who Christ is or you know the message that I preach or what I believe in. I'm I'm just trying to seek the truth about those things as well. And people are going to see us, like I said, more authentically. And like I said, when we do make mistakes, people are going to see that we're just genuinely trying to, we're just genuinely people who are imperfect trying to do better. Yeah. I think transparency is a good word for that though. I think that's a good, I mean, maybe more so what we should have focused on is transparency in Christianity, you know? Yeah. If I suspect someone is not being authentic, I'm my, the question that's going through my mind is what are they trying to hide? Yeah. Are they trying what what ulterior motive are they trying to hide? What is it that they really want from me? What are they trying are to they, prove? You know, <laughs> what are they lying to me about? Right. Yeah. yeah. What are they trying to prove? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like I said, it it all it all goes back to that idea of, you know, uh, authenticity, you know, really needs some level of of transparency about, you know, just who you are as a person. Because when I when I think about people that immediately come off as sincere, come off as genuine. Uh, there are people that welcome you into your home and they are into their homes. And there are people that, like I said, if, you know, they'll, you know, they'll talk to you about their mistakes and they'll, you know, you know, they'll just be, they'll just be real with you in that way. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it's just, it's, you know, what you see is what you get right. type of people, you know, 
Um, they're not, like I said, they're not trying to hide anything from you. They're just trying to love you and they're just trying to do the best that they can to be uh, more like Christ every day. And that looks differently depending on who you're looking at. But, you know, what it, it, are we are we trying to hide anything in Christianity about ourselves, about our our faith, anything else? Because if we are, then people are just they're they're, they're just going to be out to figure that out and criticize us for it and not not actually give the gospel a, a, a chance and actually consider what the gospel is trying to accomplish in their lives. Sure. Right. So I kind of have a question, if you don't mind. So you guys have both Absolutely. you guys have both been doing like preaching and stuff like that for a while now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say a long while, but a, lo- a while. But I haven't years, done so. Years, like so, that. but but here's my question, right? If with this topic being discussed, how many times have you come across someone who's being disingenu- disingenuous? And secondly, what did you do about that? Because I mean, obviously, me not doing being in that role. I don't, I don't usually get into those situations. It's usually like, Hey buddy, uh, I know what you're doing. Knock it off. Right. Yeah. Which is different from my perspective as, as a member versus somebody who's in a leadership role. So if you wouldn't mind, if you have, if you have dealt with that situation without exposing what it was, <laughs> maybe kind of running through the thought process of what you guys did, if you had that experience. Well, in my experiences, you know, just, purely coming at it from a full-time ministry perspective, going to somewhere new, the people that you question first or that I question first anyway, are those people that almost immediately try to put you in your place. And in in a sense, Mm. like where it's like, it immediately becomes you're basically you're, you know, you stepped on their toes without actually doing anything, <laughs> you know, just yeah. by, just by being there basically. And you're like, okay, is this person, is this person here because they want to work together to actually accomplish the same goal? Or are they going to just fight me for power and control the whole time? Are they, you know, uh, those, and I, I feel like in any given congregation, those people, those kinds of people make themselves known very quickly mm-hmm. um because like i said you know they want to you know you, like i said it, it just given you know assuming that they are actually not um not revealing themselves truthfully and are actually hiding something and, and hiding their true motives um, they're gonna they're gonna like i said they're gonna try to come and put you in your place and they're gonna they're gonna try to basically you know, show you, show you their chops, I guess. And, uh, you know, for me personally in ministry, that's, that's something that always sticks out to me as a red flag. And I, I, and honestly, I, in my ministry, I have questioned in certain interactions, whether or not I came off that way, you know, whether or not I actually, you know, if I was intimidated by somebody or, you know, like I said, there's been times in my ministry, if I'm speaking honestly, that where I, I was, I wasn't after, God's goal and pleasing him. I just wanted to show somebody, you know, basically how well studied I am or, you know, uh, I, you know, basically put them in their place, you know, yeah. in this sense. And so, right, you know, at that point, I'm not, at that point, I'm not being authentic. Right. So, so, I mean, Paul <laughs> talks about uh, basically discussing or not rebuking or uh, talking to your brother, uh, you know, with like one or two witnesses for different types of things. Right. And I think uh, disingenuousness of a person, I think, could be one of those things. I'm not certain. But, I mean, with that being said, I mean, you you kind of brought up, okay, well, someone who's just basically uh, like a peacock, right? 
yeah. trying to show their feathers yeah, so right. that you're afraid of them. To, to, it's kind of a power play, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there, right? It's kind of what it sounded like to me. Yeah. But so what did you do about it? I mean, what do you, how do you feel about confronting those people or do you, or do you just leave it well, be? Well, like I said, I, I immediately, and like I said, not in every case have I done this well, but I, I, I think authenticity a lot of times you know we say this about pride we say this about a number of different characteristics that you know it's like bad breath everybody in the room knows it right yeah uh, so i immediately tried to question myself like did i bring this on did i do something that brought this on am i am i being authentic or am i trying mm-hmm. to basically establish myself as the leader of this congregation right. and you know am I, you know I, I i i honestly like i said if i think of myself as dealing with the situation. Well, I, I try to check myself first and then just, and then just take it patiently. You know, um, I try to overemphasize not humility and like wearing a humble button, but I try, you know, if I, if I come across somebody that I don't know whether or not they're being genuine, I, I will immediately go to the, try to go to the other side where I'm, you know, I say, Hey, you know, I really, you know, this is not a, this is not a strength of mine in ministry, or this is an area where I need help. Like, could you help me with this or something like that? I try to, you know, I try to, you know, almost, I don't want to say put them on a pedestal, but like try to build them up. Cause really that's what they're looking for. Right. If they're, mm-hmm. if they're actually after power or they're after things, like I said, um, and being, uh, you know, they're not being authentic in that way. Then if you, if you almost like I said, show that you're not a threat to them, I guess, in, in a sense, then, uh, then it, a lot of times they'll come back down to your level and, and maybe even evaluate things from their own perspective. Cause like I said, I try to, I try to lead by example and examining myself. Right. And I try to make that transparent, right. I'm not, I'm not out to be, you know, the leader of the congregation that makes all the decisions and that, you know, everybody listens to and, you know, just does what I say and those kinds of things. I'm just somebody who's trying to work, alongside you. I'm just trying to help you do your job better, you know, or more effectively, or, you know, I'm just trying to work side by side, you know, for the same goal that you are. And and, uh, so I just, I just look for ways in that relationship to accomplish that. And I said, it's looked differently throughout the years, but usually taking a more humble approach usually is effective in my, in my um, experiences. Well, you're a better man than me because typically I try to avoid people like that. If I, if you're I, just see, avoiding if I them? oh yeah, if I see through it, I, I just kind of like, oh, you know, like, uh, we, you know, and typically people who are disingenuous or inauthentic or in, in that way, I don't, I don't try to go and please them because that's what they're looking for. Right. Like I, that's not my job is my job is not to please you. My job is to please God. Okay. And, and I, and, and I do agree with, you know, the immediate thing that you said you did was you self-reflected. Right. Yeah. Like you said, you you yeah. put the criticism back on yourself and said, okay, what what brought this on? Yeah. Am I drawing and I, this and out? And I do that. And I do that too. Um. And I do that too in a way where it's like, okay, what benefit if I if I try to do things this way? What benefit is it to me? And what benefit is it to the kingdom? And and typically, it's not people that I deal with. I haven't dealt with anybody like that in church, but I've dealt with other preachers that are like that. I've dealt with other, so you know, you other ministers. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I just I'm not their friends. You know, I don't. <laughs> you know, well, I don't I mean, talk to them. I don't. Say, I mean, I don't. I don't do it on purpose. I you just. Didn't go, I don't. Hey, buddy, uh, I don't like what you did there. Uh, and and it depends on who it is. Dep- if it's Sage, I I call him out. You know. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're just gonna tell him, hey, yeah, uh, like, you're gonna tell I mean, him, hey, Sage. So but, but um, he did, we're but gonna he, we're gonna start throwing stones real quick. So yeah. if you wouldn't mind, just step outside <laughs> and we'll just take care of it real quick, <laughs> really quickly. But, but outside tip, the wall, yeah, outside the wall, yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. Just like Jesus gonna put me on a cross too, or what? No, I'm just uh, <laughs> probably not. You don't need to do that. I think I think we could get in trouble the for firing that. squad. I'm good for that. That's a little bit quicker. No, but but typically I just try to I I I because and because what I found is is that they are they are seeking conflict. Um, I want you to bow down to my position, and I'm not willing to do that. Uh, I'm not willing to bow down and and try to please somebody in that way because I don't think it would be being me. Um, I, I think people are allowed to have differences of opinion. I think people are allowed to have conflict. I think people are allowed to, to, you know, um, debate things. But I also think that God expects uh, us to be peaceable, uh, but not in the way of like, I have to agree with everything you say type of thing. Right. Um, so typically I don't, uh, if I, if I find that in somebody, you know, I don't, I just don't, uh, talk to them. I focus on the people that are authentic and are transparent and do want to work towards learning and growing. And I, but I've never dealt with that in a church. So, um, you know, it's, it is, it is this different. is another good example where, where Nick and I complete each other because I, you know, like I said, I, I think that this is a, you know, like I said, in my ministry, I try to look at it as an opportunity in the sense where I'm actually trying to, I, I'm, you know, one thing, like I said, just from my experience, if I ignore those kinds of people or people that I suspect are not here for the right reasons or are trying to, like I said, what you know, trying to accomplish something other than God's will and being pleasing to Him, then it typically gets worse, right? Typically, it's something that festers and that you know. So I honestly, I kind of have the opposite approach. I I try to take it head on from the sense of, you know what in what way can i serve this person you know like i said I, I that's and that's that's really like one of the lessons that i get from the gospel of mark as far as you know what he did for the jewish leadership you know the jewish leadership was con they were constantly trying to belittle him and trying to remove him from the picture but he continued to do things that were mm -hmm. really in service to them right so how am i going to resolve or actually produce the best outcome possible it is you know what can I do to serve this person to where they're they're gonna try to replicate that same right energy? I guess is you know right. Typically, know if, that's the best way of putting if it. If I was to run into something like that in a in a church I was working with, or that I would probably do what I could to build the relationship. So what 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 kind of common ground can we find, right? Um, and and because typically it's you know you, you're not seeing eye to eye on something. You're not. Uh, you're not meshing on something. It's like you said, they're, they're trying to put you in your place. And in some sense you felt, you know, well, they're trying to put me in my place. Well, I'm gonna put them in their place, you know, and it becomes this conflict instead of, okay, where, where's our common ground? Like what, what do we both, what do we have in common and what, and, and then you get past all these little nuances that, that uh, cause conflict in, I would assume that it gets better. So basically, if you start asking <laughs> me, you know, what I like to do, what my hobbies are, then I should be concerned. 
Huh? Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'll remember that. If Nick asks me what I like to do for fun, I need to be careful. I got something going on. I did wrong. Right. And uh, and people have to want the relationship too. You know. I mean. You know. They have sure. to. They there there might just be a disconnect. They might see you as a threat for one reason or another because you know maybe they see uh, you're that you're where they want to be. You know, or um, you're you're in. You know, they you're there's something there. There's something there that they see that they feel threatened by. And, you know, I would assume, um, and what I found in, in other cases is that it's insecurity a lot of times, you know, in themselves, yeah, well, right. You know, and, and that's, and that's really the bottom line of, you know, like, yeah, like I said, you're, you're trying to produce the best possible outcome of any given situation. So, right. you know, if I'm going to actually have influence over this person, you know, and, and actually help them to be a more genuine Christian, a, a more sincere Christian, sure. then I'm going to have to find some sort of way to show them what my motives are, that I'm not mm-hmm. trying to lord over them. I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to replace them in any mm-hmm. way. I'm not trying to belittle them. I'm, I just want to serve them. I just want to, I want you to be as, as effective of a Christian as possible and as a spiritual person as possible. And mm-hmm. if I can show them my motives, uh, then that's that's going to help me. Like I said, influence them because really, you know, like I said, we're we're after to make you know Christians stronger, genuine Christians stronger. But we're we're really there to, like I said, also go after those who need some help, right? Yep. Um, to go after those who you know may not may not yet be there for the right reasons, but maybe maybe with a little bit of a of a push or a, like I said, just an influential situation going right. They, they can actually make it there. They can, they can change their mind and, you know, you can work side by side for, for the gospel. Show them, so. show them that you really are who you say you are. Um, show them mm-hmm. that you really are the type of person outside the church that you are in the church, right? That it's not, you know, yep. something fake for you, that it is real life. And that's, that's, uh, <coughs> that's a good point. You know? Yeah. You're doing a good work down there, man. Oh, Thanks for answering the question. Yeah. <laughs> he answered the question. I didn't. Well, I mean, I kind of did. But. You kind of, no, you, you, you answered it. You answered it in your own way, I think. Yeah. I think I, it was, I, I think it makes sense to me what you guys are saying. Um, so I don't have anything to add for that. I was just, it was just a question that I had whenever we started talking about it. I was like, you know what? I, I'm just kind of curious from that point of view, what it looks like, you know? There's a lot of pressure on Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, preachers. there is a lot of pressure on that, you and know. so which is, uh, I think, slightly unfair. Yeah, and then you go into a congregation of people you don't really even know. You know, um, you're, you know, like uh, yeah. If you're Sage, tra- has, Sage's advantages where he's at is he, you know, you kind of knew everybody down there, didn't you? Uh, it, I will say that you know, there's several people that it. it like, let me just put it this way: it, it had been a long time since we had been members of this congregation, and. You know the the situation, the circumstances look quite a bit different. There are yeah. there were a few people that we were really close with that we are still really close with, and yeah. So we we didn't. It wasn't like going out to Texas or going out to Arizona yeah. where we knew absolutely nobody. Uh, yeah. But uh, but it you know a lot changes in eight or nine years or however long it was that we were away from from this yeah. congregation. So, and then just imagine if you um, know, okay, like what, what if you do, if it's the circumstances are different, if you go into a car, if you, you know, you go back to, or you go into and you begin working in a ministry with people you already know, um, which sometimes can make it worse, but uh, can sometimes can make a lot of different things better. Um, right. But, you know, as, as a, as, 
just like any other Christian, you're just, you're fighting for that, that credibility. And you recognize that that credibility is going to strongly impact everything that you try to do for that congregation. So especially with the people who may not be there for the right reasons, you know, you really got to, like I said, you know, show, give them an example of what a, what an authentic Christian looks like. And I said, that doesn't mean that you're without flaw. It means that you, you handle your, your, you, you can say that you, are wrong you can say you can handle situations in a way that is above reproach you can go about things in a way that like i said just it's uh not not what a typical worldly response is and i think Mm -hmm. that goes a long way with people sure does oh well we're not on a time limit but we are at an hour and 15 minutes. Every, every time. <laughs> every, every time, time Nick. Uh, every time. Well, guys, well, uh, I got to get my kids to bed, so hey, time's yeah. up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to do that anymore, do you? No, I just throw them in their bed. Just start, get in bed. Yeah, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. You don't You're belong. old enough. Go to sleep by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not really. You still, no. you still deal with it. Yeah. It, it, I don't think it goes away until they're like teenagers is my assumption, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. It's okay. Well, I'm sure people know. I just don't. Not not yet. I'm not sure yet. I'll learn. Yeah. I'm sure. That's part yeah. of life. And he's right? got three little kids. He's got a, a new baby too. Oh, that's so. exciting. That's yeah. exciting. It, which one swallowed a quarter? Oh, wow. A quarter? <laughs> the, the, the oldest. The oldest. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I, think I, I swallowed a stick once. Yeah, yeah, good good grief. Stick. Well, a quarter <laughs> that sounds painful yeah it, it was yeah it it we just we went to the er and you know the the er tech showed us a picture of it and so <laughs> it, made, it made it down it made it down into the stomach which is what you want to happen so we we're you know everything was okay just yeah it it's just one of those things where you know when you're preparing for wednesday night bible class you just don't expect your wife to call and tell you you know <laughs> Uh, you're, you're sitting there trying to study for Bible class and then the next minute you're like, oh, you know, got to get somebody because, you know, I need to go to the ER. Yeah, <laughs> not going to happen today, yeah, guys. That's, that's, that's the life of your, having young kids, I guess. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you so much, Sage. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's good to have oh, you Thank on. you, guys. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, I appreciate everything you guys said and, um, you know, I'd I've, I've listened to several of y'all's episodes. I, I still have a couple that I need to get to, a couple of the more recent ones. But, um, but you know, like I said these kinds of talks, I think, is what is going to hopefully draw more people to the church. So yep. it's, a, yeah. it's a good work that y'all are that's doing. The, I appreciate y'all doing yeah. it. That's the, that's the goal. I mean, the yep. whole goal is just to try and get uh, more people thinking, more people reading, right, doing some more research and then, and then coming to Christ and then coming to the church or whatever i mean it's it's just uh i think it's a uh, one way to one way to talk about god that i don't know if a lot of people are doing it this way i'm not certain i mean i don't i don't search for for people where they're doing podcasts like that I, yeah. I guess but but i think it's a it's a different way of doing it and want to take advantage of that i mean it's a it's a great media and it's a good i enjoy the topic obviously yeah. right i mean it's the one bible study yeah. that never ends <laughs> yeah that's true mm-hmm. so yeah yep That's for sure, man. Well, thanks again for coming on, and uh, we will try to get you on here again at some point. Yeah, that'd be Um, great. And uh, because we're we're doing this thing where we're trying to grab different preachers from different areas and trying to get, you know, (laughs) different perspectives on life and things like that and reach our community with it. So, um, thanks for... if you don't have me back on in the next, you know, six months or so, I'll take the hit, you know. (laughs) Uh, 
first first and last. No. First and <laughs> no, I appreciate <laughs> Yeah. Um, if it's not within six months, I know that uh, you guys didn't like me. Yeah. 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 We'll just we'll ask a poll. So go ahead in the comments below. <laughs> Tell us how Sage did. Yeah. One one to ten. <laughs> one to ten. Well, uh, it's okay. I'll start my own podcast and not invite you guys. Oh, that's oh, fair. That's fair. <laughs> oh man. I'm offended already. Yeah, I thought we were friends, man. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. That's it. Not That's anymore. Over. That was it. You know, that'd be great if you started a podcast. Yeah, Hopefully, bad. we get more people to do that. I mean, it's it's just about reaching people, right? I mean, that's yeah. the whole goal. Yeah, because you can get more people yeah. to listen to a podcast than you can to get in your church building. Kind of sometimes, you know. Well, um, I mean, I hope that I, mean, oh, yeah. I hope that's not true, but I hope it's true at the same time. I mean, <laughs> I mean the, the whole the the idea is to get people. I think, in my opinion, right, is to get people interested enough in the topic to go, where did he get that thought from? Why did he get there? Yeah. Maybe I should read it. Yeah. Right. I mean, because to me, I mean, I think that's the hardest thing about most people in the church nowadays is that they haven't read it. Right. Right. Or maybe they just read the Gospels and they didn't even touch the Old Testament. Right. And it's like, right. there's a whole story. There's a complete story that's woven from old to new that you just missed out if you didn't read the whole thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of points of views that cross over. Uh, so, but anyway, that, that this is just my take on why, why I think this was a good idea to try and do is, is just to get people interested. Yeah. Thank you for funding it, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was good. Well, yeah. I enjoy it every week, man. I look forward to it. So, again, thanks for coming on with us, man. And uh, for those of you listening, you can follow us on Instagram. You can look us up on Facebook. Uh, and you can listen to this episode whenever you want. Um, make sure you smash that subscribe button. You know, like the YouTubers. Yeah, say. you smash that <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> and uh, like whoa, and subscribe. Uh, yeah, like and subscribe. Um, but that's all I got for authentic you. Authentic podcasting. Uh, yep, authentic podcasting. Authentic and, podcasting for sure. For sure. <laughs> there you go. There's your uh, podcast <laughs> age. Oh, anyways, yeah. we'll see you on the back pew. Pew pew pew. Hey again. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the back pew. That is number ten in the books. Again, you can let us know what you think and what you liked and what you don't liked on our Instagram. And uh, feel free to leave us a review. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week on The Back View.